Hey, you know, there's a lot of pressure if you love basketball today, especially uh, four weeks ago, we started with KSPN and this whole basketball thing, because I love basketball. I've got a basketball heart. My problem is I don't have a basketball body, and, uh, but I love the game, and I love watching it, and uh, Mike Garcia asked me a little earlier, he said, did you watch the entire Duke game? Because it was a late game. It was up late. I said, not only did I watch the Duke game, but I went home and watched SportsCenter, the highlights of the Duke game, and, uh, and it was great. You know, we made predictions. We, the KSPN expert crew, picked a team, and, uh, and it was almost like it was the kiss of death if Don, if Don or Tommy picked them. You know, Tommy picked Kentucky, lost. Don picked Kansas, lost. Kansas State, lost. Michigan State, lost. Yeah, you got the theme there, you know? So if Don or Tommy come to you and they go, man, I really think you're going to win this weekend, uh-uh, it ain't happening, all right? We tried to make the right predictions, and, and somehow it just kind of didn't, didn't quite work out. A lot of teams came in with a lot of noise. They had a lot of hype, but only two were left in the championship game. You know, we all cheered for our would-be champions, but now it's just kind of down to two, Butler and Duke. And at the beginning of the Duke big dance, there were 65 teams to choose from, but tomorrow night there's only going to be one champion in that one shining moment. And so today we're going to talk about who's your champion? Who's your champion? Uh, we all know lots of people who kind of claim to, to be champions. And tomorrow night you got a choice in who you're going to root for. How many of you are going to root for Butler? Uh, how many are you going to root for Duke? Sweet. How many of you are going to rent a movie because you really don't care about either one? <laughs> See, now I'm telling you, y'all just need to get your heart right, man. I'm telling you, that's, we just need to do the invitation right now. I just, I don't get that at all. I just don't understand uh, how, how it can happen like that. But that's okay. You're entitled to be wrong if you want to. But tomorrow night, we're going to crown a champion. And everybody talks about champions, especially this time of year in basketball. And, and it's a great time of year because the Tigers Thursday have their, is it Thursday or Friday? Anyway, they have their home opener. And Major League Baseball starts tonight. I think it's the Red Sox and the Yankees, you know, or, or the Skankies if you don't like them, you know. And it's just kind of, it's just, you know, it's just this kind of, kind of great time of the year where you believe anything's possible. Some of you even think the Lions are going to win the Super Bowl this year, you know? It's just, you think anything is possible, and that's kind of what Easter does for us, doesn't it? Because Easter takes something that seemed absolutely improbable and made it probable. Took something that absolutely shouldn't have happened, and it did happen. Took something that, that seemed to have been defeated, and then all of a sudden, it not only became the champion of Easter Sunday, but Jesus Christ became champion of the world. And I love that. But it's not only in sports we talk about, bat, or we talk about champions. Every segment of society kind of talks about champions. And, and let's see if you just kind of pick up on, if you know what I'm doing, just join in with me, all right? If you, you hear it kind of at sports venues some, if, if you're older like I am, you, you were raised with this, but you, if, if you don't have Alzheimer's, you got it, all right? And you can just kind of kind of follow along and, and just see if you, if you, as soon as you recognize, just, I, they don't invite me to do the praise team because of what I'm about to do right here, okay? 
So just help me out, all right? Why, man? What? I messed up. <laughs> I'm telling you, that is why. That is why. All right. It is like, it's, it's not complicated, but for me, you know, it is. Okay, here we go. Ready? Oh, you rockers are loving that, aren't you, man? You people from the 80s are just like, oh, yeah, bring it on, man. Love it. Awesome. That was a group by, uh, that was, um, um, We Will Rock You. That was by Queen. Why? Oh, man, what a rock group, man. Back in the 80s, they were one of the best rock groups of that era. Probably the best song they sang, unless you like Rhapsody and Blues, but they sang the song, We Are the Champions. Man, don't you just want to start going, we, you know, do that thing? Man, it was like the mantra of that generation that we are the champions, you know, of the world. I mean, we are the champions. You know, the problem with that is about a year or so after that song went platinum, Freddie, the lead singer, died of AIDS. This champion group of the world no longer existed. Unless you're a basketball nerd like me, you probably don't remember who won the NCAA last year. It was North Carolina. You probably don't remember who won it the year before that or the year before that or the year before that. Byron would, but probably the rest of us would not. But I'm telling you, there is one all-time undisputed champion of the world. Now, my wife's put a lot of pressure on me this week. She has. I promise you, you can ask her after church. She looked at me this week and said, are you going to be good Sunday? (laughs) Now, I've been married 27 years with this woman. I know what that means. There are going to be a lot of people there Sunday, and you better be good, you know? She'd done that all week. You going to be good Sunday? Yes, sir. I am not making this up. I promise. You couldn't make stuff up like this. I am not making this up. She looked at me and she said, are you going to, are you going to be good? Or are you just going to tell the same old story over and over? I said, honey, it's just one story of Easter. And here it is. We win. That's the story. The story of Easter is that Jesus Christ, not queen, not Duke, not Butler, not North Carolina last year, or the team before that, or the team before that. But Jesus Christ is the all-time undisputed heavyweight champion of the world. And he is alive, living today, and he lives and reigns forevermore. And we, the people of God, celebrate that today in this house, don't we? <laughs> See, I just knew somebody was going to start going... It'll be the new amen today. <laughs> Teens are going, cool. Yeah, I like that. Do you want to hear the story in a nutshell? Mark's gospel, chapter 16. When the Sabbath was over, verse 1, Mary Magdalene, she was a prostitute. Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. Verse 2, very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on the way to the tomb. And they were asking each other, who's going to roll away the stone? I mean, what do you say when your Savior's died on a cross? 
beaten with a cat of nine tails, 39 stripes on his back, a crown of thorns dug deep through his skin, into his cranium, into his skull. What do you say? What, what is, what's the talk on the way to the graveyard when you've seen nails pierce his hands and driven through his feet? When you saw humiliation at a horrendous execution of someone you were devoted to to your very last breath. He didn't have anything to say. He said, who's going to move the stone away? They didn't know. Good news is the stone was already rolled away. The stone wasn't rolled away so Jesus could get out. Can we just kind of clear that up right now? Anybody who's dead three days and gets up, he he doesn't need the stone rolled away for him to walk out. I'm pretty sure that gives him the authority to do anything he wants to do. Right? I mean, you're dead three days and you have the power. Satan has killed you on a cross and you have the power to raise your own, to stand back up again. That's what resurrect means. To stand back up again came to mean in the New Testament. To stand back up on your own strength. I'm pretty sure you can do what you want to do. And the stone was rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side. And they were alarmed. I'm amazed at these women. They were alarmed. Mikey would have been running. But they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. Go and tell the disciples and Peter. He's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him just as he told you. Just as he told you? Jesus told them about the resurrection? Certainly he did. His whole life was about this one shining moment of the resurrection. Go to John chapter 11. In John chapter 11, Jesus tells them. It's at another scene. It's another tomb. It's another death. But Jesus looks at the grieving family and he says, I am the resurrection. I am the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever believes, whoever lives and believes in me will never die. Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. Do you believe it? This is not the belief that, hey, I come to church on Sunday and and I hang out in church, and I think Jesus is like this good guy, and I think his truths are worth learning about, and I think he's a pretty good moral person. That's not that kind of belief. This kind of belief means that everything that you have in you, you put into it because you believe it with every ounce of your fiber and of your being. Several years ago, Terry and I went to Niagara Falls, and we learned about these tightrope walkers and I just don't, I don't get this. I don't want to do it. I have no desire to do it. But these tightrope walkers would put a steel cable from one side of Niagara Falls, the Canadian side, to the American side, and they would see who would be the best tightrope walker and, and who could go the farthest distance and all that kind of thing. Well, one guy had a wheelbarrow. And, and I mean, this was like the days, of, I mean, this, 
this was before email and instant messaging and all that kind of stuff. And people needed something to do for entertainment. And I guess they walked across Niagara Falls on the steel cable. And they got up there and, and he had this crowd around him. And he said, do you believe I'm the greatest tightrope walker in the world? They said, oh, yeah, we believe you're the greatest tightrope walker in the world. And they're screaming and hollering. And he's just working them up into a frizzy. Do you believe I am the greatest tightrope walker in the world? Oh, yeah, we believe you're the greatest tightrope walker in the world. And he does it again. Do you believe I'm the greatest tightrope walker in the world? I mean, do you really, really, really believe it? Oh, we really, really, really believe it. He pulls out a wheelbarrow. He's taking the inner tube off the wheelbarrow so it just has the rim. He said, if you really believe it, so he could push the wheelbarrow on the steel cable over Niagara Falls. He said, if you really believe it, who will believe me enough to sit in the wheelbarrow? They went, oh, we don't believe you're that good, you know. See, when Jesus said, you believe this, he's saying, here's the kind of belief that we're talking about. We're not talking that you think Jesus is the son of God. You can think that and not believe that. We're not saying that Jesus or or church is a good or bad thing. You can think that, but not believe it. Jesus is saying, do you believe this? He's saying with every ounce and fiber you're being, are you going to sit in the wheelbarrow and let me push? And there's probably a lot of you going, oh, this isn't that good, you know. He said, I am the resurrection. I am the life. And if you want to live forever, you have to live for me, with me, believe in me. Because I am the only way to eternal life. The resurrection proves Jesus is not one of the best ways to get to heaven. He is the only way to get to heaven. He is the way, the truth, and the life. The resurrection, the resurrection means that no matter what you're going through, Jesus can resurrect it. And there's some of you here today, your life is in shambles. Man, I'm so glad you're here because there's a lot of other folks just like you in this auditorium. And I'm telling you, Jesus Christ can resurrect your life. There's some of you, your marriages are in deep trouble and I'm telling you, Jesus Christ can make it to stand in love again. There's some of you, you've kind of lost your way and you don't know which way to to turn and which way to kind of go. And I'm telling you, those of you who've lost your way, Jesus Christ can resurrect purpose and meaning and passion in life. He said, I am the resurrection and I am the life. And if you believe on me, I mean, I'm talking wheelbarrow faith. You believe in me. You're never going to die. See, here's the thing. Jesus calls us to a radical faith. Most of us want to be radical but not have a radical faith. Jesus calls us to a radical faith. Matter of fact, the the disciples, they didn't quite understand this. In John chapter 12 and verse 17, at first his disciples didn't understand all of this resurrection talk. It was only after Jesus was glorified, resurrected, that they realized that the things had been written about him. 
Paul wrote it this way in the book of Romans chapter 4 and verse 25. He was delivered over to death for our sins and he was raised to life for our justification. I like what Bruce Larson said. He said the events of Easter cannot be reduced to a creed, a doctrine, or a philosophy. We are not asked to believe in the doctrine of the resurrection. We are asked to meet the person raised from the dead, Jesus Christ. In faith, we move from belief in the doctrine to the knowledge of a person. Ultimate truth is a person. His name is Jesus Christ. We met him. He is alive and he lives forevermore. That's great news. Because the devil tried to kill God on the cross on Friday. And the devil thought he was the champion of the world on Friday. And the devil had everyone running and cowering and afraid for their life. And sadness and gloom prevailed and hopelessness abound. But that was Friday. Man, I don't know if you're living on the Friday side of life where it's heartache and trouble, despair and discouragement. And if you're there, I got news. That may be Friday, but Sunday's coming. Jesus Christ has risen from the grave and he wants to be real in your heart. He has all power. And I'm telling you, if he can raise his own life up again, man, he can do anything in you, with you, for you that he chooses to do. So Jesus said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Do you believe this? Do you really believe it? Do you believe it enough to embrace it with wheelbarrow faith? Do you believe it enough for it to be every ounce? See, some of you here today, you, you may think that being a Christian means you're a Christian because you come to church, or you're a Christian because you do this, or you're a Christian because you give that, or you're a Christian because you sing this. That doesn't make you a Christian at all. Let me just kind of show you real quickly what you need to do to accept Christ as your Savior. You need to believe that he is who he says he is, that he is the Son of God, that he is the Savior of the world. And that he proved it to you and to me. It was told about. And, it was, and he proved it to all of us because he's risen just as he said. I'm telling you. Listen, the thing that separates Christianity, and you hear me say this all the time. But the thing that separates our faith from every other faith in the world. Islam, Buddhism, Shintoism, and, and every other religion and, and faith and creed and doctrine that you can find out there. Is that they're leaders, their deities, their mythologies either do not exist, existed and died, or just their teaching lives on. I want to tell you, not only does the teachings of Christianity live on, but Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords, he lives on as well because he's alive forevermore. You believe that Jesus is the son of God, then you accept his forgiveness for your sins. And man, you all just look like a bunch of sinners, so we don't even have to go into this, do we? We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. And the Bible says you accept his payment for your sin. I bought this uh, doodad the other day. It's a, I'm trying to catch up with Tommy on the YouTube thing. His little girls tie a shoe at nine in the morning. It's on YouTube by 9.30. You know what I'm saying? 
They go to McDonald's and get a milkshake at lunch, 1.30, it's on YouTube. So I told the girl at the, at the thing that I wanted just something that had it was simple to operate because I'm, I'm, tech, I'm challenged. <laughs> so she said, I got the thing for you. It's got four buttons. I said, that's good. And, uh, and so she said, you turn it on here and you push the button here. Yes, you will show up somewhere on a YouTube near you. It may be by Tommy's children. It may be on Tommy's Facebook. Well, everything's on Tommy's Facebook. Now, if you didn't know me, you would go, and if you were a skeptic, a cynic, or a doubter, you would probably go, how do I know he bought that thing? Because I've heard about you preachers. You're a sorry bunch. And yes, they are. I don't even like to hang around them myself. How do I know you didn't steal this thing? How do I know it's real? How do I know it's really yours? Well, see, I, I got this little doodad right here called a receipt. And this receipt proves that I paid in full for this little gizmo right here. On Good Friday, on the cross, Jesus Christ died for your sins. And if you believe that and accept his payment for your sins, then he gave you a receipt on Easter Sunday. He said, here is my guarantee. Here is my promise. Here is my unconditional love for you that if you give me your heart, if you accept my forgiveness for your sins, I'm telling you, Jesus says on the authority of God's word, your sins, all the wrong, all the mess ups, foul ups, screw ups, everything you have ever done wrong in your life, Jesus said, I have forgiven them and that debt has been paid in full and Easter is the receipt and the guarantor of that. And so you accept his payment for your sins and then you switch to his plan for your life. And to be honest with you, most of us have an easy time with the first and the second. Believing in Jesus and accepting forgiveness, we all like that. But boy, it gets a little tough when it gets down to switching to his plan for, for your life. Because remember the wheelbarrow? Most of us don't want to sit in the wheelbarrow. Most of us want to hold the handles of the wheelbarrow. And take our life wherever we want to go. Because we want to be the champion of our own life, of our own cause, of our own direction. Jesus said, no, no, no. You have to get in the wheelbarrow. I've got the plan for you. Jesus or Jeremiah would say in the Old Testament that I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. Plans not to harm you, but plans to give you a hope and a future. He says, trust me enough to give me and to switch to my plan for your life. And then the, the last one is you simply express your desire to follow Jesus. In other words, he becomes the CEO of life. Somebody's got to have the final say. You're either in the wheelbarrow and Jesus is pushing along or you're pushing along and other things are in the wheelbarrow. Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. Trust me. Why can you trust Jesus? It's a great question, isn't it? 
Why could you trust Jesus? And Jesus understood that some of you in here would have no interest in theology. Jesus understood that some of you in here would have no really draw towards systematic doctrinal studies. Jesus understood that some of you would not, you know, and would struggle maybe even to understand even some of the basic teachings of the Bible. So Jesus said, I'm going to give something so simple, so easy to understand. I'm going to give one object lesson, one grand miracle that everybody will look to, point to, see, and understand. And here's the miracle. Why can you trust Jesus? Because he kept his promise. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. See, if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, man, today is a great day to give him your heart. Today is a great day to switch to his plan for your life. Today is a great day to sit back and say, you know what, God, I have tried, and the harder I try, the more I mess this up, I'm trusting you from here on out. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes for just a moment? If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, there's a little prayer on the screens. I'd like for you to take that, uh, a little peek. And I want you just to kind of follow along and pray this prayer in your heart. This morning, I'm not asking you to come forward. I'm not asking you to do anything public. I'm simply asking you to make a private commitment in your heart to give Jesus Christ your life. And you pray a prayer. There's nothing magical in the prayer. It comes from the honesty of your heart, the belief of your heart, and the trust of your heart. And just repeat it in your heart. It says, Jesus, I believe you are the resurrection, and I believe you're the life. I am sorry for my sins. I believe in you. I choose you today to be my champion. And from this day forward, I want your best for me. And put a little amen on that. Now, I promise you, I'm not going to embarrass you. But I would like to pray for you this week. I would like for you to know that somebody in this church loves you enough just to pray for you and that decision that you just made. And if you're here this morning and nobody's looking around and you prayed that prayer to ask Jesus Christ in your heart, you believe that he is the son of God and you know that you're a sinner and you accept his forgiveness of your sins, you're switching to his plan for his life and you want him to have the final say so. Man, with nobody looking around, would you just raise your hand? Just high enough, long enough for me to see you. I'm not going to call you out. Thank you so much. Man, I appreciate it. You just raise it and put it right back down. Someone else. Thank you. Anyone else? You say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer. Man, let me just congratulate you on the greatest spiritual step you've made in your life. Man, I rejoice in that, and I am thrilled for you. I would love to talk with you after the service. I generally hang around down front and just answer any questions that you might have. Now, would everybody just look this way? 
When I was a kid growing up, every Easter we sang one song. You, you knew Jack Berry, our song leader, was going to bring it out every Easter. It was written by a guy by the name of A.H. Ackley. He was a preacher. He was getting ready to go to church one day, and uh, he was listening to the radio. And the guy on the radio said that the resurrection of Jesus Christ does not make any difference anymore. Well, the preacher screamed at the radio and started fussing with the radio. His wife, who was in the other part of the house, also getting ready for Sunday service, didn't realize, couldn't figure out what in the world was going on, thought somebody was in the back room with her husband. He was just loudly fussing at this radio. <laughs> and she looked at him and said, A.H., why don't you just write a song? And he did. Now, if you're under a certain age, you may not know the song. But if you're over a certain age and been raised in church, you know this song. In response to the doubt and the skeptic and the cynicism of that age, he wrote this song. And I can almost hear in the background. He wrote, I serve a risen Savior and he's in the world today. I know that he's living whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy. I hear his voice of cheer. And just the time I need him, he's always near. He lives. He lives. Christ Jesus lives today. He walks with me and he talks with me along life's narrow way. He lives. He lives. Salvation to impart. You ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart. And that is the good news of Easter, my friends. I can give you all the theology and the doctrine and the proofs. I can give you apomaletics and apologetics. But at the end of this day, just as the end of every day, the proof of Easter is that Jesus Christ does not live out from me. Jesus Christ lives inside of me. He lives in my heart as my Savior, my King, the forgiver of my sins, the dispenser of His grace, the lover of my soul, the giver of mercy. And He is my champion. He is the champion of my soul. He is the champion of my heart because He lives. I'm telling you, He lives. Would you pray with me, please? to stand to your feet. Our Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give honor and glory to our champion today. Tomorrow night, crowds will cheer and people will put on their face and wear their jerseys. Teams will cut down their nets, talk about what a great season it was. But I'm telling you, the greatest thing ever, the greatest thing ever is that I serve a risen Savior. He's in the world today. And Father, I'm just thrilled to be able to tell everyone here today, you ask me how I know he lives. 
And I understand the theology of it. I understand the doctrine of it. I cannot comprehend the majesty of it, nor the mystery of it, nor the power of it. But I can tell everyone today, you ask me how I know he lives. He lives within my heart.